The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching. We, of course, are part of the StadiumScene.tv network. Shout out to Stadium Scene. What up? I am your host tonight, Adam Corsair, and joining me is Craig Borden. And back from witness protection, we yes. got Brendan Bennett. <laughs> I listened to that last week on Friday, and I heard that, like, summed it up perfectly. I, I'm, I'm alive, I'm well, I am back, and they did feed me in witness protection. I caught that as well. <laughs> He retreated to his underground lair. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so it's good to have you back. Uh, it's good to be back, guys. I appreciate the flexibility. A lot of stuff uh, came up really quickly. I, and I, I love how you guys didn't like say anything uh, about what was going on. Um, just background really quickly. Uh, on sure. Wednesday morning, um, so me and my fiance were looking to move out of Toronto and, and get home. Wednesday morning, a property comes up in a neighborhood that we really, really wanted to see. So I'm like, okay, crap, we got to go see this place. Called a realtor. He's like, when's the soonest he can get us in? And he's like, if you guys want to come, all appointment slots are starting to book up today. So you guys better come today. And so I said, oh, damn, okay. So Game on. Game on. (laughs) Went to go see it. I think it was an 8 p.m. showing. Um, And then we offered on it and competed with seven other offers. Trust me, I know that you guys were telling me your real estate stories. Uh, you guys have it easy in the real estate market compared to anywhere within an hour and a half drive of Toronto, where you have seven, sometimes 10 plus offers on places. And we got it. So it was all worth it in the end. Um, but I appreciate flexibility and the teamwork, gentlemen. So that won't be a thing anymore. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. There you go. But I have to do this to him after he has a celebratory item. I have to celebrate. I'm ready to pop open the box, boys. Bro! Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You guys got it. Go ahead. It's loading time. <laughs> no bills. Yeah. That, that started out to be the craziest game on the planet, though. I'll give you that, Brendan. It, it, it started off to be pretty well. I'm like, damn, Nick Mullins is actually playing okay. He was dancing in and out of the pocket and making some decent throws, and then it just all started to unravel in the third quarter. Yo, yeah. let me. I just want to say this. And I know it's a Blue Jays podcast, but if any of you are still on the Josh Allen isn't accurate train, sit down. Yeah. 
get off just of sit it. Down. Yeah. Clearly <laughs> did not watch on Monday night. Yeah. No, sit he was down. Awesome. Sit down. So my daughter, who is addicted to YouTube, apparently found us. Just saying. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we are Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm just glad so, it's not among us for five seconds on her cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is not even a cell phone for That's everybody that's about to jump on me. It's my like three, four year old, five year old phone that's used more as a Game Boy. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Hey, so um, we have some some baseball news to talk about. The, uh, the winter meetings uh, are going on. Uh, I guess it's is that is this virtually? I assume yeah. this is happening, right? Yeah. So not not real winter meetings, just Zoom calls, I'd imagine. Um, but let's start off with some non-Blue Jays related news. I think this is you know it's it still touches on the subject of Canada. And, you know, it, it does sort of relate to the Blue Jays because there's a chance that they don't have to go to the House of Horrors anymore, um, maybe in a couple of years. But anyways, let's start with, with that. Yeah, well, more than a couple. <laughs> Recently, the, right, the, the principal owner of the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Stuart Sternberg, that sounds like a baseball owner for sure, yes, uh, stated that a split season from Tampa and Montreal is the only option, quote unquote. But the kicker is... This won't be an immediate transfer because the lease for the TROP runs out in 2028. That being said, it seems like we are finally going to get to the point where there will be legitimate baseball that counts in Montreal at least in 2028 for a half a season. Um, Perhaps this could lead to a full-time gig. In Montreal, I don't know, but Craig, what do you think? You think this is the start of the slow move to being the Montreal X-rays? What do you think? Yeah, there you go. I, I still think that's got to be the best name for him. Got to be, <laughs> especially especially if it's actually splitting time in any necessary form yeah. between the two ballparks. It's it's got to be the X-rays. I don't know how you can't do it, and it, you know, figure out how to make like the um, the logo of the Devil Ray kind of like thing have like yeah. the the blue, red, and white right off the end of the, or That'd something cool. like that, like mm-hmm. the Expos logo. It'd be cool. Nifty. I, I'm shocked that this isn't, I know it's a, a legality thing right now with the lease and everything, but come on guys, you've gotten out of shitty apartment leases before, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what this is really falling down to. Clearly the Rays management has not noticed that the movie major league actually exists and tried to tank the team even <laughs> further to the point where they really do not get any, showing up at that ballpark i really think the only reason the rays are in town is because their tv ratings actually do do pretty well in tampa regardless of the fact that nobody goes to the ballpark and that's really i think what's holding the team they are actually a marketable thing period and that's how it is as for the as for the city of montreal they deserve a baseball team because in my opinion and many other baseball people they were unwrongfully pulled because of more or less the 1994 baseball strike. Yes. If not, if the baseball strike in 94 does not happen, the Washington Nationals get a legit expansion team to be in Washington, D.C. in the States here, with the Expos still being a thing. I really do think that's how it would have happened if there was legitimately no baseball strike in 1994. The Blue Jays barely made it through 1994, guys. Just saying. And It was one of the Exactly. It was one or the other really what it came down to. And at that point, the more popular team after two World Series wins, I'm sorry to say, had to have been the Toronto Blue Jays. 
And, and unfortunately at that time it was blue or major league baseball looking to make a cut. The management for the Expos obviously didn't want to lose a baseball team. So, Hey, let's move to Washington DC. And they've been a pretty, they've continued to be a successful franchise in Washington DC, but this is a nice way to hit the reset button and get back to normal in Montreal with baseball. Oh yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And look, I think this could line up perfectly guys. I know I wasn't a part of last week's episode where we got to talk new stadium and stuff, but uh, let's just say they do knock down Rogers center and they're looking for places to play. If you really want to test out Montreal's market, why don't the blue Jays go play there for a year or two or however long it takes Look, it's a five and a half, six hour drive from Toronto to Montreal. You can get people coming out from New York because they border with New York State and some of those northern places there. Boston's closer. I think it's about a six, maybe a five hour drive from Montreal to Boston. You got Ottawa, the capital city of Canada, only two hours away. So it, it, it's all good stuff. Like play, the Toronto Blue Jays could play there uh, and be Canada Blue Jays or whatever you want to call them for. Uh, a few years and then once the stadium's ready you come back you reevaluate see how Montreal did over a full season or two and we're like damn like screw the idea of splitting between Tampa and Montreal let's just go there because we're going to make so much more dollars the only thing I'll say though have some sort of plan in in relation to a stadium I know they've talked about the general area of Montreal it's going to be uh, but I haven't heard anything beyond that so if you can make Labatt Park I'm pretty sure what the drawings were years ago uh, a thing do it now because it does seem like there's some legitimate smoke uh, and it could end up happening. Yeah. yeah, it's it's weird that, you know, it, it's this hasn't happened sooner. And Craig, you're right. In 1994, uh, it literally came down to the Blue Jays and the Expos. And it was unfortunate that that strike actually happened because we were heading towards an all-Canadian World Series, period. Um, well, I'm legit. Oh, it would have been great. It would have been awesome. Um, that Expos and, team in 1994 was just obscene. They were. They no were on pace to win 90, game. right? More than yeah, 90. Yeah, it was games? the it was the Expos version of Whamco. That's purely yeah. all. Yeah. And the fact that you had a young Pedro Martinez on that team, Gary Carter. Was Johnson on <laughs> that? Was Randy Johnson still Randy on that Johnson team? Johnson was in the bullpen on that team. Yeah. Right. Hadn't hit his form as a starter yet, but was Vladdy on that team in '94? I think so. I believe so. I'm going to pull it yeah. up just because we're talking. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. So. Yeah, if they're going to, Craig, I mean, uh, Brendan, to your point, if they're going to make or build a stadium and they're thinking about doing the split and uh, Stuart Sternberg is saying that this is the only option, they should start building that shit now. Right now. Because if they can build that now and have it ready, there's no red tape that they have to walk through and they don't have to upgrade, was it Olympic Stadium? It's sort of falling apart. It is. Um, so, yeah, I'd say... This is a legitimate possibility. They should make the move now to build the stadium and get the, uh, you know, the all the the things in order to do so. But I do think that this is going to be the trend to move there full time because let's face it, Tampa Bay is not a haven for baseball. If anything, I'd argue that before Tom Brady got there, the Lightning were the number one team in oh. that in that territory. But now that the Bucks are, you know, being Bucks, whatever. But I just can't see a future in Tampa Bay for the race. I'm sorry, I don't. No, I agree. So, I agree with you. Do you want to hear this roster? Because guys, there's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of guys that were dancing on the line for Hall of Fame votes here, and a couple of Hall of Famers. Mm. <laughs> so, just to put it out there, position players first. Gary Carter was on the bench for a little while. He was traded oh. at some point. Darren Fletcher was catching. 
wow. for the most part. 94 games that season, Darren Fletcher. Wow. Um, Cliff, Cliff Floyd at first base. <laughs> Mike Lansing. Um, Will Cordero playing shortstop, who was a very underrated 1990s uh, shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Barry, who had a couple good years for the uh, Expos. was not that kind of 11 home run, full 50 RBI guy. Oh, Got to have that guy on the team, right? Of course, yeah. Then listen to this outfield. This is just nuts. Marquise Grissom in center. On the corners, Moises Alou and Larry Walker. Larry Walker was up. Yes, <laughs> yes. Right. And on the bench, you have Ron, a young Rondell White. Wow. <laughs> and Felipe wow. Alou is the manager, right? Correct, sir. Right. Then in uh, the, the, the pitching rotation, the main three guys, all sub 3.5 ERAs for yeah, way too many starts. So it was Ken Hill, Pedro Martinez, Jeff Frasaro, and but- Butch Henry, who was a longtime hell of a pitcher for the Expos. So. That's a heck of a rotation to build around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then John Wetland closing. No big deal. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bring a team up to Montreal and, you know, we we like to, you know, crap on the Rays for their uh, lack of spending, but they know how to develop a ball club. And if the management stays the same and the ownership stays relatively the same, if not expand it just a little bit, I'm sure they're going to have to. Um what more could you ask for? That's a really solid club to bring up to Montreal. Like I wouldn't hate it if I'm in Montreal right now, if I'm l- residing there and I'm clamoring for baseball to come back. And there is a large portion of that demographic that is begging for baseball to come back. And you have another expansion team, right? And an expansion draft if they do decide to do that. And you have a bunch of shitty years. I would sort of be downtrodden on that. But if you can bring the Rays up with the success that they've had, you could immediately have a contending team right off the bat. It's the same as the Vegas uh, Golden Knights in hockey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need the expansion. Just go right to the cup. No. <laughs> and you know the crazy thing is that if that was to happen and you know the team is established, with the with that combined with the excitement of getting a team again, even if for half of the season or however much it is, they will compete numbers-wise and ticket demand-wise with Montreal Canadiens. That's 100% a thing. Like... I, I can see a few years if, if the X-Rays are a World Series contender that they will be more popular for years, like a few years than the Canadians world. And that's tough to do. I think that's tougher to do in Montreal than it is in Toronto, where you probably can be better and more popular than the Leafs for a little while. The Raptors have been the last two years. Plus, the other teams Montreal has outside of hockey, you have a CFL team and you have a Major League Soccer team. And those two leagues are like well below in terms of popularity for the other big four North American sports. So it, it would be a success. It would. Well, let me let me uh, close up this section with this question to you, Brendan. Um, the lone Canadian in this group. Um, when it comes to the Blue Jays being the lone Canadian team in the MLB right now, we hear it all the time when they go on the winter tour. Uh, when they are having postseason success, they say this is Canada's team. Are you going to feel a little disappointed that the Blue Jays are no longer Canada's team if this happens? No, and I'll be honest, and I'm sorry if I offend any Quebecers, but uh, Quebecs wanted to get, get like get away from Canada. Secede, yeah. They yeah. wanted to secede from Canada multiple times. I'm pretty sure Alberta wants to do that right now because they hate Trudeau enough. So, mm. yeah, they can go, and uh, I think... People outside of uh, Quebec, eh, whatever, it's just Quebec. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it is still. It sounds like me in New York oh, yeah. or New York City. Just yeah. Like, we'll keep the, you can keep the name. Just I don't want your taxes and bullshit. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then Quebec after they secede a year or two later, but we we can still use your currency, right? And then all these other things. We can still have free healthcare, right? And do all that right. stuff. So uh, get out of here. Uh, it's all right. It's a, it's a can <laughs> of worms. I did not mean to open. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Let's get on to some Blue Jays talk. Uh, all right, so Brendan, you brought this to our attention, so we'll start with you. Shai Davidi has recently reported that the Jays could be nearing their, quote, first major move in the offseason. Um, it's anybody guess what that actually means, what that move may be. And in all honesty, after evaluating this, this could be just a form of heat checking uh, by Shai Davidi in favor of the Blue Jays just to sort of get the feathers ruffling, maybe to get something going because it is winter meeting time. Um, but I digress. What do we make of this? If this is legitimate, first of all, do you think it's legitimate? And second of all, if you do think it's legitimate, where are we going? Because if this is a major move, that screams to me Real Muto or Springer. Where do you where do you land on this, Brendan? Yeah, for, I, I think I read it first yesterday as one of their targets is close to signing, which indirectly affects the Blue Jays. Like one of the Blue Jays targets are close to signing. Then after you read it and people were debating it on Twitter, it was like, no, it's like the Blue Jays are close to signing their target or whatever the quote was, the first major move in the offseason. Um, look, I think it really depends on what the Mets are going to do because the Mets were serious for Real Muto. They seem to be pivoting towards James McCann. If they can't get a deal with McCann done, they may go back to Real Muto, which is what the discussion is by, I think, Andy Martino, uh, one of the Mets beat writers, is saying that today. Um, but they seem to be locked into McCann, which makes me think, you know what, McCann's okay, he's a good player, he's decent, so he won't be as expensive a price tag as Real Muto. So that gives them money to either sign Trevor Bauer or George Springer, and the Mets have a very big hole in the outfield. So if that's the case, I really think the Blue Jays signing is dependent on what the Mets do. If the Mets get McCann, they're probably going to get Springer. If they get Real Muto, the Blue Jays probably get Springer. So I really think it depends. But it, it's just it's, it does seem like right now the Mets are a little more connected with Springer. Uh, and it seems a little hotter there. Haven't heard much about Springer and the Blue Jays this week. We did a lot last week. Um, but it, if I was to pick right now who they might be alluding to, I do think it's JT Real Muto. There was that big rumor a few weeks ago that we discussed. Um, and I just think it opens up so much flexibility for what you do with the roster after that. They're clearly getting hits on their catchers. I mean, I don't think that's even a discussion. If they're, if they're talking Real Muto, they've gotten calls on Jansen. They've gotten calls on Kirk, Moreno, all those guys. So you sign JT, and then you have a pretty good catcher's duo. And then you dangle Danny Jansen, or you dangle Moreno, or whoever it is, to fill the outfield or get an impact starter. So if it were me, I'm picking Real Muto right now. Even though it's still, I will say, I've said this the whole offseason, Springer would still be my top choice. But Real Muto is a very, very, very good consolation. Yeah, I don't know how you can say he's a consolation prize when he's been on paper the best catcher of the last, what, five years? Oh, yeah, he has. Basically, as far as uh, war and everything goes. And um, we know what happened last year. Until Kirk came in and actually added some offense to the quote-unquote catching pool, even though he really only caught, what, 10 15 games <laughs> if, <laughs> that, like that. Dude, if that yeah yeah so on that note it's amazing that his little contribution of war being such a good little contribution for that whole sample size mm. more or less doubled the offense and the everything from that cat that position he's really all we were getting from that position all season guys was defense what was what did danny jansen finally bat at the end of that 
Oh, was that, did he make? Did he break two hundred? No, I don't think recall. he did. I don't think he I did. I don't think he did either. But in all reality, you had to put him back there because in all reality, guys, this is the guy who nominee for one eighty three. One eighty three. He ended up doing. Yeah, I did. Did feel like he was hitting the ball hard the whole time though. So yeah, it's just one of those things. I don't know what to do with that. But if you have a chance to add a guy that had a four WAR, I think last year, <laughs> something like that. Versus what we've been doing at that position. This is the same difference of like what we did with having all of a sudden having Troy Tulinski in the black hole of shortstops that we had in 2015. That's true. You know, it's it, you're taking a position that we should have production and really forcing production. And I think that's where this really comes down to. And I think that it, I really think that this is the same thing as bringing Russell Martin in. Yeah. Bringing in something to really shear up the middle of your whole projection for your lineup. Got that captain, somebody to drive the pitching staff, and somebody that can actually clear some bases too. So that's a nice domino if that's the first one to really hit. Then it frees up all those other things that Brendan was just alluding to with the catchers that now can be parts of trades because you got somebody that you're probably going to, if they sign him, guys, it's probably going to be for a four or five year deal, right? I assume so. I would think so, five. I would think we're I, looking at a six year deal. I think that might be what takes it to get it done. And if it doesn't happen for a six-year deal, it will be five. And a little extra cash would be my guess. But yeah. one thing I'm noticing from all this talk, it doesn't sound like any of these free agents are seeing whatever happened with 2019, you know, 2020 here as a deterrent with the, the fact that we were the homeless Jays for the first how many months this year. And I think they see, I think baseball collectively, exactly. You see the fact that the product might not be as far as it should be on the field, but the management group, the finances, everything are really pushing this team into the future. And I think the biggest microcosm that shows that is what happened in our spring training facility, which is now really the Toronto Blue Jays training facility or training mm -hmm. campus, however. They have a yeah. nice place to rehab, period. If you get hurt, go down here and do what you got to do. Oh, Florida. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I just oh, there's that big needle thing that'll fix everything. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> my my fear when it comes steroids. to this, yeah, COVID vaccine. That's true. Or B12. My my uh, fear when it comes to this is, you know, we we've been led down this rabbit hole before, and usually when there's a lot of talk about the Jays being interested in this player, this player, that I before we even hopped on here, I must have sent you like three Reddit threads about Blue Jays interested in this guy, and then this guy, and then this guy. And it's just, to me, that screams, that deal's not going to happen. Because usually the deals that happen, with the exception of Ryu, the deals that happen are the ones that we don't necessarily hear about leading up to it. Um, I, I just think Ryu was the obvious contender because he was probably the best free agent starting pitcher available, and obviously the Blue Jays had a glaring hole, so they're going to chase that. And... I think that still rings true with Springer. We have a glaring hole in the outfield, so there's obviously some interest there to sort of fill that. Whereas catcher, it's a glaring need to those that are Blue Jays fans. But yeah. if you're outside the organization looking in, you're thinking, well, they, they have established catchers, right? They have uh, Jansen and they have McGuire as a backup. They, they, it, you could use an upgrade, but it's not a glaring hole, right? right? And, and to the offensive production is not there with Jansen. Maybe he hits it, maybe he doesn't, but it's not a gaping hole in our roster we can get by right um especially if you supplement the outfield with the springer in there um so this is what makes me tread on you know thin ice a little bit thinking ah, there's a lot of chatter i'm not sure if this is legitimate when it comes to these names 
And I set up the question in such a way to lead us into these two players of conversation, Springer and Real Muto. But I do want to talk about Lindor because when asked, when Atkins was asked about Lindor, he looked giddy about it. He had like a huge smile on his face. He called him fucking <laughs> Frankie. He called him Frankie. Like, I understand they have a relationship, but the, he called him Frankie. And I'm like, oh, there's something there. There is a legitimate friendship there. And there may be some smoke here. Because, again, I sent you guys uh, a thread earlier that said the the Indians are now legitimately pursuing a trade. To deal it's not with legitimate. It. It's not like they're going to make a trade. Happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> and the Blue Jays are in a very prime position to say, Tell us what you want. With the exception of Nate Pearson, what do you want? Right? Just tell us what you want. And the more opportunity we have to have an extension with Lindor, the more you will get in return. Right. You know what makes me so excited about how the Indians have changed the way they're shopping Lindor is it's gone from we'll trade him by the start of the regular season. or And then it evolved to we'll listen to offers at the winter meetings or whatever. And now it's aggressively that means they're pretty intent on doing it. They're, that, to me, that screams they're losing a little bit of leverage. Maybe they're yeah. not getting as much as they wanted. So the fact that they're saying we'll aggressively shop them, just just meet a certain price tag. Maybe back when their language was, oh, we'll trade them by the start of the regular season. If we don't get what we want, we'll keep them. That's when it's like, oh, shit, we got to overspend. Now it could be like, give you Lourdes Gurriel or whoever it is, two guys, maybe a third, like a little bit lower of a prospect and the deal's done. Because we want to get rid of them. We want to make sure that we maximize what we can. So I think I, I do think that there is something legitimate there. And Atkins, in his interviews before, and Shapiro was guilty of this too, even years a few years ago, was they don't really like to tip their hand or they say a lot of nothing. They've started yes. to say a lot of something in their interviews. And they're not denying it. Like, it, it, it'd be stupid for anybody to flat out deny it. But, like... <laughs> This, it just seems like Atkins and Shapiro's interviews and the demeanors they have on camera, they say so much more than they did the past few years, and that's exciting to me. So on that note, we have a question from the Twitterverse. Of, sure. I, I got Nick's actual full thing finally. Oh, nice. <laughs> At NickFlip99 on Twitter asked, and I think this goes where we were going with the conversation anyway, we were talking about the first domino to fall here, but do you guys see two big names, three big names being a possibility for the Blue Jays during this offseason. And I'll give you back the hosting duties there. <laughs> Do I see them? So in a perfect world, we're talking Real Muto, Springer, and Lindor? Or Real More or less, Muto, what he asked directly was, do you see two big names for the Blue Jays as in like, or such as Lindor and Springer? Do I see that happening? Yes. I see those two specific things happening. Those two. That's and your prediction. Yes. yes. I, I legitimately think that if you trade for Lindor now and extend him, Springer's coming. I have a strange yeah. feeling from the rumor yeah. mill going around that you're probably not far off with that. Uh, Regardless yes. of where my is on the level, but I can't not get excited over it other than the one thing, like I said, I'm rewarding somebody that might or might not have done something <laughs> so, like, look, that aside, but on that note regardless i'm not dealing back into that conversation again no, no, get, no. go ahead <laughs> no no i was gonna say like we're talking about a guy that was that has been winning right and, and regardless of how he's been winning he's been winning you mean to tell me that he's yeah money's great 
And the money differential between us and Houston, I know Houston doesn't have any tax. You get the full money in Texas. Great. And that's not something small. But if the Blue Jays are willing to pony up a little bit and sort of supplement that, or if he's thinking about going to New York, and again, Craig, you just talked about New York taxes. You want to join the Mets? <laughs> Man, you really want to join the Mets? They don't even have a GM. You want to join the Mets? They might not. What are they going to do? Is this a winning ball club? I don't think so. That I don't. could be just as much of a rebuild as joining, you know, the Baltimore Orioles right now. If he's signed. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't but really if, know. It's a complete wild card yeah. in Queens, New York, right? I but admit you, that they're going to throw a brick of money at it and hope for the best. As my oh guess. yeah, they have to <laughs> just to, just for the new for the new ownership and whatnot. But if yeah. you have a squad with Ryu. Pearson, who's up and coming, depending on how you supplement that second starter, because we do need one. Yeah, right. it, we'll, we'll see. Um, Vladdy, Bo, Cavan, and eventually Austin Martin. Like, if you had these guys and they're up and coming, <laughs> what what are we doing? Like, you want to be a part of that squad. That's the same thing as him coming up, what he did when he was with the Astros. But he has the chance to be the established veteran instead of the coming up guy. Mm. He is the Jose Altuve in that equation. Because Altuve was already there and playing well when the kids really started to take off. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I do. Brennan, what say you? Here's the thing with Lindor I was thinking about this last week. Um, it's, given how crowded the shortstop market is going to be next year, I know that there's going to be a lot of teams that want to pony up and sign guys. But if you're Lindor... Wouldn't you want to consider signing like a one or two year extension to remain in Toronto past next year's extremely deep class of shortstops? Because I know you might be one of the top guys out there, but you have so much competition from Trevor Story. You have so much competition from all these other amazing shortstops. I think Javier Baez is another one. If you re-up and hit free agency a year after those guys, you are legitimately the top guy uh, like on the market. And that, I think, drives his price take up even more. So maybe that would lead the Blue Jays to say, well, let's pull the let's pull a trigger on this, even if it's only we're having him for an extra year, so two years from now, and we have two years to sell him on staying here. You start winning, and then it's like, well, let's let, let's just stay here. Let's continue building what we got started already. To answer the Twitter question, I think that there will be two major moves that make people want to go out and buy jerseys, whether that's Real Muto and a trade or Springer and a trade. I think it'll be one major free agent signing, like last year was Ryu. And this year you're going to have a major trade because signing Springer or signing Real Muto triggers other trades because then you have all these guys you can move. Um, and then if you, even if you want to go as far as a third, I think Brad Hand is a pretty decently big name. He's a very good reliever. I wouldn't say that he's people are going to be rushing to the stores to get Brad Hand on the back of their jersey, but he's still a very, very good reliever. So I can see them making a splash on the bullpen too and showing it up there. So I could see, like, I would consider Hand two and a half. Hand plus like a real mutual or Springer plus a trade for whoever it is. Give me Hendrix. I'd be very Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> in the clubhouse. Listen, let me exactly. let me ask you this: What do you think? It. What are you willing to pay for Lindor plus an extension? Because you know, honestly, Brendan, thinking about what you just said, if we're gonna get Lindor on a two-year deal, so we'll have the rest of this year plus an additional two. Is that what you're saying, or this year uh, plus one? Plus one, so he doesn't. So have it's a one-year extension. Yeah. So he misses um, the big free agent market. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm letting him walk. I'm not even trying to sign him at that point because I honestly think you're going to get the two best years of his career at that point, yeah. and you don't Very have to pay point. for that. You can you can pony up and say, look, we'll pay the rest of your salary. Oh, we'll buy that out, whatever. 
and we'll pay you a $30 million one year deal just to stay for an extra year. So you can right. do what you just said. I sure sign me up and then let them walk because usually that's kind of the decline when it comes to shortstops. You maybe won't be for him, but especially I know Toronto, they don't have the turf all around it. They have, do have infield dirt, but it does pay a toll. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, if you're getting a one year extension, what do you what are you paying? It has to start with Guriel. Oh yeah, it definitely has to start with Guriel. Um, are you saying take whatever, or are you saying anybody but Pearson? Because I think judging by the Indians, what they're saying, you might need to give up like a Lourdes and I, a Martin. Yeah, Austin Martin would be off the table for me for sure. Uh, but Groshans is on the table. Um, SWR is on the table. Um, Alec Manoa is on the table. Basically one of those three big pitchers that we have in the system right now, whether it's Woods Richardson, um, uh, Klofenstein or Manoa, one of those three plus Lourdes plus, I don't know, like that's like, that's still getting pretty, that's a pretty solid haul. So maybe your position player can be somebody who's a little further off, like maybe not a Groshans, but maybe somebody who was the equivalent of, was it Dawa Lugo who went to Oakland and the Josh Donaldson trade? No, Barreto. It was Franklin Barreto. Mm. So Barreto equivalent, whether that's a Relvis Martinez, uh, Miguel Geraldo, whoever it is, maybe somebody like that plus uh, Lourdes and SWR um, gets it done. Now, if I had a choice between the big three names, I'm keeping Woods Richardson because I think he's right on the Yes, he's right on the doorstep. Could be very, very close. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And of the rest of them, Klofenstein is intriguing. I think him and Manoa are pretty equal at this point. I like Klofenstein a little bit better, so I'd try to sell them on taking Manoa. But at this point, it's anybody's guess of who will be better. Nobody knows. Isn't anybody else shocked by the idea that they even want somebody that's a major league ready guy in this trade? A little. Do you? If you get Loris Gurriel Jr. to replace Lindor in your lineup, I'm sorry to say, but the Indians are not running away with that division with that lineup. The pitching is going to hold them up all day, every day. Yeah, but that's what they're that offense, Their offense is just going to be young guys, really. That Mercado kid's really their best bat, and Jose Ramirez. And if you're talking about tearing down to the point where you know you're not going to keep Lindor, I can't believe that they're not thinking about just buying the farm and getting every major prospect you could on the freaking Baseball America Top 50. They have the on-field resources to do that, but in all reality, they're not the pieces that are going to help them win right now. Right. So, I to me, it's just shocked that they're not asking like for the best four guys out of our farm system, minus maybe Martin and Pearson, because they're the guys that are ready to run into our lineup, right? So, it just shocks me that they. I would almost I'm shocked that they're even asking for a major leaguer in this package. I really am. Cause that to me, it's four or five minor league guys, you know, yeah. give them the three, give them the three main guys and a couple flyers and call this done. And that gets it over with. But in all reality, I know we're going to have another piece of this conversation here in a minute too, with some other options. But if, you, if it's Lourdes and you're getting somebody like this back, the other thing is if let's say they do sign Lindor to a longer extension, right? Let's say it is the three-year deal or something on top of this current year. What's the worst-case scenario that he's not fielding his position as well as he used to, and you move him over the second or third base, yeah, and then you put Bobuchet exactly. back in? Right. You're offsetting Bobuchet for the two years at a minimum here, <laughs> and Bobuchet's not gonna. If he has a chance to go back to shortstop, I have no doubt in my mind that he would have a chance to run back to it 
that's how he pictures himself as a major league baseball player is playing shortstop. And he said that a million times, but to his credit, regardless of that, he wants this team to be as good as it possibly can be. And he's not looking a gift horse in the mouth when he gets a chance to have a teammate like Francisco Lindor, who is not only one of the best shortstops in baseball right now, he's also probably one of the best characters in the game too. So that's going to be a fun locker room. to have So I'd be very intrigued. And I can tell you right now, out of all the free agent names and trade names, that will be the jersey I grab. Lindor? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just, he's fun to watch, man. And, you know, if it, I've said this before, I've said it on Twitter, I'm echoing it again. If there's no extension, you're not getting Lourdes. I'll pass and I'll wait. I'll wait. But you do run the risk, right? You run the risk of him falling in love with the team and re-signing there or signing the extension immediately. Brennan, like more... Back to your point about waiting a couple, uh, extending him for a year so he can, you know, be the dominant force in the next free agency at the position. Um, I don't know. I don't know that that's going to work to his advantage. I think you want bird in hand because we still don't know what the long-term financial effects are going to be with this pandemic. We don't know if we're going to have fans in the stands next year. We don't. Maybe it's going to be half the season with fans. Is that going to be enough to recoup value? I don't know. I don't know. The the MLB lost a ton of money, and that means teams lost a ton of money. And right now, the Blue Jays are in a very advantageous position. We talked about yeah. this before, about how they can we spend. have money. Yes. <laughs> so if well, you, it, the lack of money, I mean, being spent already, right? Right, exactly. We don't have, we we don't a, have to pay Tulo this year, guys. That's yes. true. <laughs> That's true. And if we have all – we have these resources – it, obviously, it wouldn't be as long and as lucrative as a Mookie Betts extension, but I can see a scenario like that where they're saying, look, bird in hand right now, you probably aren't going to get this in two years from anybody, from anybody right now. And you know what? Maybe we can front load it a little bit so you can sit pretty now. Yeah. But That's look, I, I give you a five-year extension right now worth, I don't know what you're going to have to pay, probably I don't know. What do you uh, think? It's going to be a lot. <laughs> 150, 200? Yeah, definitely between 150, 200, I think. Uh, rivals him as the best shortstop in baseball right now. You're already talking about the other guys that are going to make ba- Mad Bank next season. like Baez, probably, right? Javi Baez? I would think he's the closest. And I, no offense to Javi Baez, but I don't think he's going to have the sustained amount of success as somebody like Lindor is going to have. To me, I'm still in the school of thought that his offense might fall off quickly as far as batting average goes. His power is going to be there all day, every day. But there's yeah. something about that swing that just doesn't scream longevity to me. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah, um, and Trevor, I, I honestly think, and all the, if I had to hedge my bet right now, if you were going to tell me who was going to be still at the top of their game five years from now, it would be Francisco Lindor. Yeah, same. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, then we're willing to to sell quite a bit for for Lindor. Um, assuming an extension, I'm not off the table when it comes to Lourdes. I, I, I don't mind it, even though that's going to create another hole in a position of need. Then you have to be aggressive in other areas. Um, we'll see. But um, I personally think that is the major move, quote-unquote, because of just how excited Atkins was. And more to your point, Brennan, about them showing their hand and not really keeping things close to the vest and you know being cliche with their answers. That's telling. Yeah. You never see Atkins with emotion when he, talk, when he talks about another player. You just don't. And 
the fact does that he come he out was, and do a full on table flip and go, yeah, we got Lindor. Probably, <laughs> probably, because that's their, you know, that's part of their lineage when it came to their, what they built in Cleveland, right? Okay. And you can bring that in his prime in Toronto. Let's see it. Um, all right, but let's let's move on to another shortstop, Craig. You alluded to it, um, Haseon Kim of the KBO. He has been posted for the MLB. Um, he recently had dinner with the Blue Jays ace Ryu. Um, it's been said that the Jays have been, quote, very interested, there you go again, to sign the international star. Uh, he's been posted, as I said, and Ryu has even said that he's, quote, happy to play on the same team with Kim. Now, I feel like that quote is Ryu being very careful with what he's saying in terms of, you know, trying to show hands or whatever, saying, I would love for him to be on the Blue Jays. I would love to play for him to join the Blue Jays. He just sort of casually says, I'd like to be on the same team as Kim. Um, it should be noted that the dinner was Kim asking Ryu to sit down and have dinner with him. It wasn't the opposite. And I think it was more of a way to say, look, I just want to know what the MLB is like. What am I getting myself into? Just to prepare uh, both Korean stars so it makes sense. But, Craig, is there more to read between the lines here? Again, this is a shortstop, right? So this would require Bo Bichette to play somewhere else. You don't pay the posting fee and then try to sign him just to say, oh, by the way, you're going to play second base. Um, he, he's the shortstop if you get him. Maybe, <laughs> you, I don't know. It really depends on how spring think? training on that thing comes out. But that would be really? advertised, I think. Yeah. I re- yeah. At that point, he at, he's 25. That is the best thing about this whole thing. Yeah. So it is the same thing as bringing in another guy that's ready to – that fits the inner core of this ballpark, our ball team right now. You know, it's jumping him right into the pond with, you know – isn't Lourdes the same age? And now so. you're talking about bringing him in and not having to give up Lourdes. Mm. So you're not – like you said, you're not moving that hole around of where your actual talent lies by having a – I trade Lourdes for Lindor, so now I have really a hole in my outfield. That doesn't help to a point, right? So you're just kind of spinning things around. That clearly makes it so you have to make another move. If you sign somebody like Kim, yes, he's yeah. on the younger side, but you're going to be getting him just like you did with Lourdes in his deal. You're going to be getting him through a great prime, and he's going to be hitting at the same time as all these other kids are hitting. You know, I love the idea of bringing in a veteran person, but if you have a chance to add a solid, talented young player, I don't even care where he plays on this. This is the one, the youngest guy on the free agent market that has this kind of caliber. Correct me if I'm wrong with that statement. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. (laughs) So if you have a chance to just throw money at it, literally, you're not losing any of this other stuff. I can see the intrigue on this move 110 times over because you're not losing anything. You're only adding. It's true. hundred percent. And you know what? I think to answer Nick's question again, um, how's Young Kim, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right or close enough to it. Uh, I consider that a pretty major move. Um, yes. it may not be because not everybody knows about him. He's played in the KBO for the last few years, but that's like pretty, pretty major. I'd say maybe just because he doesn't have the name clout, people won't consider it to be a major move, but it absolutely would. And so you add him who's 25, you got Bo, uh, you keep Lourdes, uh, and at that, you still go out and sign real Muto at that point, because it's like, look, we can sign real Muto. We can add Kim and then trade one of our catchers to get that uh, starting pitcher number two right behind Ryu uh, and in between Pierce. So you use it to get an outfielder. So that could be a better way to build your club. Uh, it could be because you're only adding, as Craig said. It's a very good point. You're only adding. You're not giving anything up other than money to sign Kim. And 
I think there's some real clout with Hunjin Ryu's name because I think right now he's probably the best Korean player in the game, uh, pitcher or position player out there. And he's, he's a celebrity. He really is. Like, you saw when he was flying over to Toronto last year to sign his contract with the Blue Jays. Like, he's met at the airport by, like, tons and tons of Japanese media, or, I mean, Korean media and uh, and everything like that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess Kim want, would I totally understand why he want to have dinner with him because Ryu's been in the majors forever. He's a superstar. Um, and he, I, of course, I want to play with him. And Ryu's like, yeah, absolutely. Kid's good. Let's bring him on. He'll have my team that I'm on. So, yeah, that would be a major move. Blue Jays fans, don't dismiss it just because it's from the KBO or you don't really know his name. Uh, a very I can give you some number insights. I have yeah. to pull it. Sure, I, yeah. Absolutely. So... To give you an idea of what you're getting from Kim and the uh, from the KBO statistics, anyways, consistently batted around 300 every season. His lowest season over his uh, over five full seasons was 288. Oh my God, right? (laughs) That's pretty good. So bat the ball skills good, but over the last few years, the power is really starting to come on. Yeah, he had 30 home runs this year with 109 RBIs. And then the other part of that that I think is very intriguing, regardless of that power uptick, he has been able to get around 80 RBIs in each season and score at least 89 runs. Woo. He scored 23 <laughs> bases too, Greg. That's not <laughs> even getting to that point yet. But yeah. yes, 23 stolen bases and he had 33 the year before that. And he walks about as much as he strikes out. So if you were looking for somebody that might translate to the majors well, He's got the stuff that's honestly. This seems like um, I forget his name. He played for the Raiders, Korean ball player. Who did he play for? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Rangers. Uh, was, I don't know. He's still playing. I can't remember his name. I'm blanking right now. But anyway, him with more power. <laughs> so and I, I just I like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um. This guy's going to be a doubles machine in the Rogers Center. Totally. And that's what I'm thinking right now, and probably even a triple machine. <laughs> I know it only shows that he's seven triples over the last three seasons in the KBO. If he's okay. got that speed to steal bases in a ballpark where it could kick around a little bit, like most of the American League East ballparks, this guy's going to be standing in scoring position more often than not. It's going to be interesting to see what he gets. Yeah. Well, it... If he were it officially posted. But now it's just up to anybody in Major League Baseball to make the thing. They're going to be aggressive and just pimp out money. At this point, why well just pay the posting fee and see where it takes you, right? And for me, it's this is a little bit more attractive than the Lindor trade scenario. And again, I understand Lindor has the name clout. I understand he's a wonderful player. Uh, he brings a lot of positive energy to a team. I get the the advantages of having a Francisco Lindor on your team. But if it if the the Indians are saying, look, it's going to cost Lourdes without an extension. This is the price. And then some. I'm shifting my attention to Kim. Yeah. I'm taking a hard. And if you, you know, end up signing Kim, this sort of throws away a future possibility of attaining Lindor. Right. So you're literally throwing that out the window. Um, and again, this might not be a bad. In fact, there's a legitimate possibility that this could be just as good. As Lindor, it's probably he's probably not going to hit that. Maybe he will. You never know. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, when you when you take the KBO, you kind of got to do some conversion to it. I would say maybe 50 
average points at best. So if he's batting 300 in, in the KBO, he'd probably maybe his ceiling's 250, which is still pretty good. Um, or maybe that's his floor. I don't know. I, I'm just saying the adjustment is going to take a bit. The past two seasons, he has batted 306 and 307 Ridiculous. through 138 and 139 games. To me, let's to me as far as this goes, what's if you're looking at this from a purely math sabermetric ballpark, right? Look at his numbers right now. What's the worst case scenario? He hits 50% of those numbers. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. A, above yeah, average yeah. shortstop, second baseman, whatever you want to do in Major League Baseball. Looking at these numbers, guys, though, he's got the right stuff. It's probably closer to the bottom of this being 75% of those numbers, which is a guy batting two eights. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, but I think you said the best, though. If you add somebody like this, you're not creating that other hole. If yeah. you were looking at it from the math perspective, war collectively through this, I wouldn't be surprised if collectively this looks better on paper after it would done would be done because unless you do something with the Lindor trade and offset the fact of getting somebody two, three more plus to fill in left field, you're not making up the, what you could be getting a Boris Gurriel jr. In the outfield. Don't get me wrong. You're adding plenty with Lindor at shortstop because now you're going to have moving Boba Shett's awesomeness right, <laughs> to make right. another weaker position too. So, but collectively I think you are looking Slightly better on paper with throwing money at Kim, and then also backloading the fact that you're off, you know, losings out of your minor league system. Right. Yeah. I bet you can hold on to everybody. Right. <laughs> it will have to be a trade of some of these minor league guys eventually. Another trade, like there, there's no say a, a trade with, that involves Lourdes comes up a little bit later in the off season where you're like, oh crap, well we have to, we have to accept this. So. You sign Kim, who maybe could be closest to on par with Lindor. Like, I'm not going to say he's going to be Lindor within his first of two years, but he could be close um, if he lives up to some of those numbers. You sign Rio Muto, so you have Jansen to trade for an outfielder or a starter. Uh, and then you keep Lourdes if that opportunity comes up for another trade to trade for a starter uh, or somebody else. So I just think it, it just opens up the flexibility so much more. And I don't think there's any wrong route. I think that's the exciting thing with this offseason is you sign Lindor or sorry, you trade for Lindor and sign Springer. Everybody's thrilled. You sign Kim, you sign Real Muto and you make a trade for a starting pitcher number two. Everybody's thrilled. I don't think the Blue Jays can go wrong this offseason unless they just, for whatever reason, miss out on all of their targets and don't make a major trade, which is not going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, this is the the disadvantage of being able to sign someone like him is, although everything on paper is saying he's an elite talent, it's probably not going to bring a lot of free agents to the door. Right. Right. If you trade for Lindor, like I said, you may have Springer and or Real Muto saying, oh, there's something there. Yeah, I would like to go there. But if you maybe they do like Kim, I don't know. But the name clout isn't there. It's not as a sexy move as getting a Francisco Lindor would be. So I kind of like this move better because you're not creating holes elsewhere. And you could still, I mean, at that point, it's just money. You're probably going to pay a decent penny to get them. And then you probably have to sign a Springer or try to. And if they're serious in what they've been saying, saying Rogers is all in, that they're able to spend the money, blah, blah, blah. This is put up or shut up time, bro. Because if you can sign Kim and Springer, Ooh, and trade for a starting pitcher? 
that's dangerous. I like the Blue Jays' chances right out. Indeed. Like you said, throw the prospects at that pitching pool. Yes. Bingo. And we've seen they're not doing any bit of effort to retain Tanaka or DJ LeMahieu. They're yeah. in cost-saving mode. Like, they're not adding, but they're not necessarily subtracting or trading off of their roster. They're just letting the free agents go and not bringing yep. them back. So I'm not going to say the Yankees are going to be worse than they were this past year, but there's some damn good players them a little bit. So it I opens imagine they still might lose LeMahieu, too. Oh, did exactly. you see? The core of their offense. They'll lose both. Did you, see, yeah. did you see the uh, recent thing? He wants five. Um, I think me. I think five at two hundred. Lemayhu wants five, oh. and the Yankees are adamant about four. They're he saying sold not low going on back. himself a little a couple of years ago when he signed with the Yankees. Yes, yeah. that guy, he was one of the best bat the ball guys playing in the National League. Batting, he was a batting champ, perennial guy every yeah. year with the Rockies. He was the biggest thing that's happened for him over the last few years in New York is the power is now he's totally the launch angle guy, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, but. And that's exactly what he, he he he's looking for his payday. He has been nothing short of one of the best hitters in baseball over the last collectively for the last ten years, probably. If you look, I, I'd be curious to see where his batted ball ratio is um, in that kind of time tam, time span because I bet you it's in the top fifteen twenty at least. So I got a random comp for you. Sure. The whole Kim situation. I'm going to give you a comp for a guy that just completely destroyed and ate up the freaking Blue Jays in the 60-game season this year. At the minimum, I think he is the Tampa Bay Rays is Willie Adamas. Okay. Minimum. Okay. And just to put that in perspective, I know Blue Jays fans know that the Tampa Bay Rays kind of shit on us again this year. And Willie Adamas was kind of at the core. Had a In the 60-game season this year, he was one of the very few Rays to actually play in the majority of the games really solidified the shortstop position for them. Batted 259 with eight home runs and 23 RBIs. So you're talking a 16 game or 162 game season. He probably was closer to 15, 20 home runs. Probably I would say about the batting averages in the same spot. Mm. Either way, in a 60 game season, he put up a 1.9 war. Is that bad for for No, I really it. don't see that as a I really could see that as a basement for somebody from the very little bit of information I've been able to piece together on Kim and the video footage I was able to find on him. Um I planned on retweeting that after the show, so I will refine sure. that and yeah, resurface for that for the Blue Jays collective here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I I the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning towards this. And again, I wouldn't be disappointed if they did trade for Lindor, depending on the cost and whether or not there's an extension involved. If this is just money and you have money to spend, which Rogers does, we all know it. And they haven't been shy about saying it. I, I, I like this. I like the unknown, right? I like the blue Jays having an international star right out the gate that hasn't played for another team before that sort of lights it up and, and, turns the heads of MLB, you know, enthusiasts. So to me, this is a little bit better. And, you know, we talked about LeMahieu and he wants a five year. I'm not paying a 32 year old five years. I'm not even paying a four. Um, And that, and to me, we've gotten burned from Cashman so many times and Cashman has burned other teams too. If he's only willing to give four, that should tell you something. I trust. Yeah. Never trade with Brian Cashman. You will lose the deal every time. Every time. (laughs) 
Not to mention, I want to mention this too, on the whole posting thing and bringing in international free agents. How many times have the Blue Jays been burned in this market as far as, oh, we have you, Darvish. He's coming. Get your uniforms yeah. ready. <laughs> and then <laughs> the next thing you know, Psych. he's playing Never in mind. Texas. Oh, yeah. by the way, the reports are wrong. <laughs> yeah. And Tanaka. It'd be nice to like win a, one of these. Yeah. Tanaka and I had think he a, is a high end uh, guy. Yeah. I do too. Tanaka had one of those deals where he was just, I'm doing this out of a courtesy. Yeah, to talk yeah. to you it wasn't yeah. even like i have legitimate interest it was just you know due just to bring no. in one brian cashman screw up just because we had that hit a little close to home here because it was mania here in rochester as he pitched his first game in the higher league baseball here hideki irabu <laughs> oh. he was the big yankees japanese yeah yeah tiny the one year after a few years everybody was saying i rob you <laughs> is what his name really was so uh but that, that he made his minor league debut here in rochester for the uh at the time the columbus clippers so oh there you go it was there you, go. you could there was a lot of hype around that ball game period to see this guy pitch for the first time and it was fun to see and i would love to see the blue jays get in on something like that because in all reality we saw what it really can do green baseball all of a sudden adores and loves the blue jays and that's in general all over the world now it's not just mm -hmm. yeah korean baseball period that's a whole half market that you know maybe wasn't thinking toronto blue jay baseball and we're happy to have you on board and then you'd have two koreans you would get so much more money internationally and in <laughs> yes especially on that that that's maybe a guilty pleasure out of that whole thing now you're talking about having that much more marketing power to be able to rebroadcast the games with advertising in korea hey that's where you get some of that money back you strike that's right Korean Broadcasting Corporation. It's like you can show all of our games here. You just pay us this, and that pays for Kim, and it starts to pay for reuse contract too. Let's do you it. You never know. You never know. Uh, all right, so let's uh, get to the final topic. This is more Blue Jays related in terms of action. We have actual baseball to report on. Uh, Vladdy played some winter ball and uh, wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> he uh, went. Uh, yeah. Open. Over four at the plate with an RBI and three strikeouts and a strikeout rather. He had three ground outs. All of them weren't hard hitting balls. Um, and the launch angle, he's these struggles have continued. You know, bleeding in from the 2020 season. Um, it's just one set of at bats, right? It's just one appearance so far. Uh, but I mean, for a guy that's been putting in so much work in the offseason, you kind of want to see him explode out the gate. Going 0 for 4 doesn't really lead me too much confidence. But again, the sample size is incredibly small. So, Craig, are you worried or do you think this is a sign of things? Or are you saying, no, dude, it's just one set of at-bats. You go 0 for 4, it happens all the time. Calm before the storm, my friend. Okay. Calm before the storm. <laughs> so this is what I'm thinking on the whole thing. If you were Vlad Jr., what have you been focusing on since basically the Blue Jays' playoffs aspirations ended? Conditioning, Wait. conditioning, conditioning. Yes. Get down. better, get more athletic, do all the good things. How many swings do you think he was having the time to do after he was flipping tires and running around doing all mm -hmm. this other crap? I don't think he was going and grabbing a, you know, a bat and running into the batting cage after running through all that sand and stuff that we keep hearing about. Right. <laughs> so my guess... This is probably the first regular baseball he's had in the midst of all these months of conditioning. So right now, okay, yeah, some of the stuff might be lingering because he hasn't really had a chance to work on it. This is extended spring training for him. 
anything that he can do right now with some other eyes on him to maybe give him that little tidbit on what he could do better or what, hey, you know, is this or have you tried this? Those kind of things, it's only going to help him. There's no way that this blows up unless, you know, knock on death, something else weird happens. <laughs> so I'm um, I'm very excited to see that he's actually not only did he do the conditioning this offseason, but he did what he did to actually get into winter baseball. And this is not a low competition league, guys. So he's it's not like he's going to sit out there and like he's not like he's airmailing it in. You know, he's going to see some real competition and be able to really work on some of his craft items during this little, you know, pre-spring training stint. I am happy to report that he had a well-struck ball the other way over the second baseman's head uh, in an at-bat tonight. might have been a Oh, strip. good. Yeah. So, uh, it wasn't on the ground. First, heard it here first, people. Yeah, heard it here first. But it was not on the ground, uh, as Mike Wilner and Josh Goldberg from Sportsnet were joking about on Twitter where I saw that exchange. But no, no, I'm, not, yeah, no I'm not worried at all. Um yeah, I think I lean where Craig is. I would imagine that there may have been a day or two per week or maybe just cutting down on the amount of swings that he would take in a day uh, to really focus on his conditioning. I was just excited to see the highlight when he's standing up there where he holds his bat, how much slimmer the guy looks. I'm like, yeah, yeah lad, is that you? He looks like it's a like, different person. Like, I think that's normal is up here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was the most exciting thing for me to see. Not the fact that he got the hit, not the fact that he, like any of that is just like, damn, it's noticeable. Like, this is what he looked like a few years ago when he was tearing the cover off the ball. So uh, it's only going up from here. Yeah, he, uh, I, I, again, not to keep reiterating this, but I sent you this, this thread on Reddit before saying that he is pretty determined to maintain or to regain that third base spot. And we've talked about it before. That's something that I feel like you got to earn. You've had all this success leading up to this point and, you know, this year, I get it. I get the pandemic. I understand that this was a weird year for everyone, so I'm willing to give you a pass. But then again, this is professional baseball. you got to earn it, man. Your name cloud alone does not just give you the right to a third base position that you kind of coughed up. So you got to earn it. And if he's that determined... And he's pretty much stating, he's staking his flag right into the ground and saying, this position is mine. I like that. I like the determination. I like the charisma. I like the demand. I really want to see that from my players. I want to see them hungry. And if he's going to prove it and be there, like the offense, I, that will just come, whatever. Uh, that Don't I know I... It. Yeah, I led up to this thing. Oh, he's so terrible for it. No, it will it will be there. I'm more worried about his footwork. I'm more worried about his uh, flexibility, his movement, his lateral movement, his quickness. I'm more worried about that at the position and whether or not he can establish himself as a third baseman than I am his offense. And if he can do that, I I think you're right, Brennan. I think it's just up from here. Oh yeah, totally. And it just opens up the door, right? Like let's say he goes back to third. Uh, Rowdy had himself a damn good year. That could oh, lead yeah. to time at bats for Rowdy. Uh, it could lead to them. <laughs> uh, it, 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 like, look, I mean, even if you sign Real Muto, Real Muto could get some reps at first base. He has played there a little bit before, I believe. He's taken some reps there, maybe played in the game. But anyways, like, you're just opening it up a little bit more. Cavan is at second. Let's say you do trade for Lindor. You could move Bo to second, Lindor at short, Vlad at third, Rowdy at first, and then you could have Cavan go to a corner outfield spot to replace Lourdes if that trades up. Like, again, this is going back to the comment I made earlier. No route that this team takes, whether it's Vladdy going back to third or staying at first or making all these trades or signings, 
no route when we go into spring training will lead to us being like, wow, that was a terrible off season. That was not what we expected. So people, I, get, 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 I know it's, what is it today? December 9th? Get mm-hmm. hyped for spring training. Like, I know it's like two months away or so before they start reporting <laughs> and whatnot. We'll see how it all unfolds with COVID and whatnot, but the vaccine's on the way and people are going to start getting vaccinated and we might have a semi-normal spring training and a full 162. So get hyped. Is Can I su- summarize Brendan's uh, wonderful little rant there? Yeah, all, too, road, yeah. all, all roads lead to wins. That's right. <laughs> a good way to look at it. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, before we head out, what's up? What's up? We lost this oh, game yeah. today. I'm wearing, I'm literally wearing an antique. <laughs> oh, that's true. We've lost so, the lug. Go ahead. So I just wanted to give a special shout out because they've been good friends of us and uh, the show over the last, you know, and since any of us have been gotten into this Blue Jays background here, um, the Lansing Lugnuts have been a wonderful haven and home for Blue Jays fans over the years. It hurts to see them go. Jesse Goldberg Strassler, we're going to now hear you uh, announcing all the, you know, guys that we traded to the Oakland A's over the last few years. <laughs> so we hope you all the best and just wanted to give a shout out to you. Um, on that note, have you guys noticed the weird jumble that is now becoming the, the minor league system in general in baseball? It's really weird now that the the Midwest League, where the Lansing Lugnuts are home, we now don't have technically a team. And that is the advanced A level that yeah. is now, quote unquote, what somehow the Vancouver Canadians are now our yeah. high level A affiliate. And how was that part of that league with the Midwest League already had all the teams that needed? And not to mention, Vancouver is not in the mid Midwest, no. no North America. It's yeah. very, so, it's very West. <laughs> yes. It's very, very West. Unless yes. it's going to be like the new division that's the extreme West. Yes. <laughs> it's got to be set like that. <laughs> We're in a division with the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles and all these teams in the NFC East for years. Yes. So that's yes. Let's replicate. Oh, it's the like NFC. the NHL all of a sudden had to become <laughs> the, Net- the Metropolitan League with the Islanders and everybody, right? Or the, yes. <laughs> the conference, right? Sabres got screwed in that, by the way. Yes, yes. they did. We don't get to play any of our rivals anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so on that whole note though but then uh now officially the Dunedin Blue Jays are the single A regular every day so I would imagine that means the Florida State League is being restructured just to be that level but all these teams changing hands the Rochester Red Wings just became the National League the Nationals affiliate because of all this you know hopping things around it just seems like everything's out of control and I think this is full-on Ron Manfred's bullshit coming into full fruition and how he's slowly killing minor league baseball. Because you're already talking now. Notice we also didn't talk about our other friends of the show, the Bluefield Blue Jays in this equation. Because there has been literally zero talk about what is going on with the Appalachian League in Pennsylvania and West Virginia and company and stuff. And it sucks. It really does. I really don't have any other way of saying it. But I am very happy we get to hold on to the Vancouver Canadians, regardless of how that league is going to form up. Because right now it just looks... keeping the canadians and now that they're full time like full season baseball keeping the bisons obviously is huge like that was natural and even keeping new hampshire i'd say all three of those teams keeping them are on the exact same level and you knew you weren't going to lose dunedin because that's where spring training is and they've just poured millions right so i think it all i I, other than lansing which sucks because of the relationships i think the blue jays made up pretty well with the teams that they kept especially the bisons 
um, and especially the Vancouver Canadians. Pour one out. Yeah, pour one out for the lug nuts, guys. Pour one out. Um, All right, well, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, We appreciate you either tuning in to us live or listening to us on your podcatcher, whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. Uh, Just a reminder, uh, pretty much every Wednesday, we broadcast our video feed live. Uh, So we are on Twitter. We are on Twitch. We are on Facebook. We are on YouTube. We are on what else, Craig? Everything, right? What's what's another Twitch? DLive is the one. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And then not to mention, obviously, we'll, you know, and the the best part about this whole thing is other than Facebook right now, all those you can talk to us. So wherever you turn in, tune into, I'm seeing the feed. You heard us talking about the view of the 72 listeners we had this evening just on uh, Twitter. I can't see the metrics or everything all at once because <laughs> it'd be too many screens. But I thank all you Blue Jays fans for making this. We, we love doing this every week. This is literally our therapy every week, and we love to get to hang out. And it, having everybody else involved, it makes it that much more special each week. So thank you. I agree. I agree. And if you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us on whatever you get, podcast you listen to us on. It's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix from, we are there. We highly encourage you to subscribe. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars and a quick review. Don't smash the subscribe button. Just gently caress it and it will do its thing. Don't smash it because, you know, yeah, yeah, just just all it needs is a gentle tap. That's a, and in all reality, like, now you can do that same massaging of buttons on the uh, YouTube channel now, too. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's all there, all live, all day. All of it. You know, Make us millionaires. Yeah. You saw my daughter come in here and brag. I can see you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, life tip. Gently caress, don't smash. Um, anyways, uh, guys, this has been great. I'll uh, I'll leave it for our you know our normal way of getting on here. Two claps and a Ric Flair and a Let's Go Blue Jays. Let's do it. Woo! Let's, Let's go. go Blue Jays. Let's go Blue Jays. And my God, it's only one button to turn off. Oh, Woo! that's awesome. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.